You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSP Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Sean. You know what I love about uh, being a kid when I was a kid yesterday? No. <laughs> You're still a kid. I'm you? still a kid. Aren't you a Peter well, fan? Well, I, I think I've, I've lived too many hours at this point to be considered a kid. And it, it's not, yes, I can act like a kid maybe, <laughs> but I have too much knowledge to be a kid. Mm. And that's, mm. that's kind of what I'm thinking about is it, that kids don't have any preconceived notion of what's possible or what isn't possible and they can they can dream big and and see the stars and want to reach those stars and is and that what you were doing when you were a kid that's when you i was started doing, right. I, I wasn't into astronomy as much as i wish i was now hmm. looking back but uh yeah just the idea that you can be whatever you want and there are no limitations when you're a kid over time you kind of get jaded and you kind of get funneled into different things but we have a chance to help kids achieve some of those dreams if we inspire them, right? And tell them stories to get them to think. And that's what we try to do on ITSP Magazine for kids and adults alike. And I, I believe our guests do that uh, in many ways in different mediums uh, for kids to dream and, and be inspired as well. Absolutely. And before we introduce our guest, I, I'm going to quickly tell what we're talking about here today, which is a book. One of the two guests that we have on, I'm teasing a little bit, he's already been on the show because he did a similar book about smart cities. If you go back in our archive, you can find that. And uh, he, he actually did wrote a lot of books for kids inspiring about space and technology. And he will tell us a little bit more about that. And he, and he brought a friend with him today, which is the person that helped him illustrate this book that we're going to talk about today, which is called Good Night Moon Base, which is a children's book. And it is, as Sean, you kind of mentioned, to made to inspire kids to, to dream big and, and look up in the sky and maybe realize that there is a, maybe our future is there. We'll we'll see. Let's see. Let's see what uh, what the author of the books have to say about this. So, oh, I'm Sean, I'll let you introduce them. Yes, uh, I'm. I'm going to welcome Brett back to the show. Brett, it's great to have you on, and uh, and maybe you can 
pass the mic to Steve, uh, who, who is also on the illustrator for the book. Um, and as you do that, Brett, maybe a few words about some of the things that you've worked on, uh, both in, in connection to space, aerospace, and uh, then the work you're doing with, with the books. Okay, well, thank you very much, Sean and Marco. I'm Brett Hofstadt. Uh, it's a thrill and privilege to be with you again on the show. And uh, so I'm the author of Goodnight Moon Base, and I'm thrilled to have my good friend and former colleague from Boeing and illustrator for the book here, Steve Tanaka. So Steve, please say hello. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely, we are excited. If you're Brett's friends, you're also our friends already. So we're family here. Steve, a little bit about yourself. How, how did you connect and where you come from and, 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 and how did you go from working with Boeing now to be an illustrator? What, what's the story there? Um, I was always an illustrator, I always drew pictures and um, had an opportunity to work uh, with the company Rock, Rocketdyne in 1982, right after the first shuttle launch. And um, that's, I think, part of the reason why we do this, we do what we do, because we feel very fortunate to be in this business. Um, I was an artist in the company. And okay. uh, in the meantime, I was interested in watching them, the company build the space shuttle engines, the three engines, the back of the shuttle. I uh, got to see them build it, got to see hardware for the space station. And um, I'm just very lucky, very fortunate. And uh, I, 30 years of my, last 30 years of my career was as a trade show manager. So promoting space, space station. And so very fortunate. It's it's amazing. I have to say, and then we dive into the book that I, I am not like Sean is not an astronomy expert, but it has a passion for it. I'm not a space expert, but I have a passion for it. And I did not miss the opportunity to see the Endeavor here at the museum in L.A. of uh, the, the natural science. And you talk about those engines. When I was underneath that, I, I was blown away. Like this thing has been in space many times. It's incredible. And you got to work with it. Yeah, it's one of the most advanced. Uh, it's really uh, like a steam engine, the shuttle engines using hydrogen and oxygen to make steam. That's uh, quite complex, amazing. Incredible, incredible. And you know, just to connect the points when I was there, I was probably the minority being an adult. A lot of kids were there and they were inspired. They were excited. They were buying all like hats and, and shirt. And it's amazing how this, this is inspired kids. So Brett, I'm going to go back to you to start. Tell us how you decided on this topic and this kind of narrative to present it. Sure. Thanks. Well, both Steve and I really feel very fortunate to have had the careers we've had in aerospace. Uh, they were some of my first memories as a child or dreams were working with airplanes and spacecraft. And there's a, countless people we've worked with, I think would say a similar thought that this was, you know, airplanes and space were part of their earliest dreams as a child. And that's really, one motivation for our book, Goodnight Moon Base, was to, to harness and inspire that energy and that passion. Because I believe if we can do that with young kids, then, then 
it increases the chances that they'll stick with that you know, throughout their life and find a way to, to actually do something to help us all you know, advance uh, above and beyond Earth. And so um, I did that. I was a, I enjoyed mentoring when I worked in the aerospace field with other people, younger adults. But then, so brief history, in 2014, I decided to publish my first book to help encourage people to join us because I think also something Steve and I share is that with a lot of us that work in the aerospace field is we would love for more people to join us. We really want to encourage that. And it's not just, it's people from all backgrounds from all over the world. The more, the better we feel, I feel. And so, uh, and, and loads so, of opportunities, if I may bring Brett, um, that's right. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at the illustrations and I mean, the, when I first thought that comes to my mind when I think of space travel is the the vessel, right? Or maybe the station that you land on. Maybe I might look at the the base that you launch from, but th there's so much in there. And I'm looking again, looking at the illustrations. There's the communications. There's uh, transport on the planet that you land on. Uh, the mm -hmm. ecosystem in in the station that you land in, if you're if you're in the space station, obviously the tools you use uh, wherever you're going uh, might be different. All that stuff needs to be built and maintained. And, and the food you need to eat. The food, I know, I know. I always <laughs> right, I yeah. end up I always end up at the food. Some, <laughs> some right. Well, hey, we we can't live without food. That's why actually one of the illustrations in the book. And the words are about uh, building a greenhouse on the moon so that we can grow food. So we will definitely need biologists and food scientists and agriculturists in space. So there's really, yeah, we need, it's a whole lot more than rocket science that we need in space. And uh, even interior designers, we need those people to design new innovative spaces for us. Uh, ergonomics, you know, how people live and work. We'll need psychologists because, you know, people will have to learn how to think and, and feel and you know, live in these new environments. So uh, I think one of my goals with Goodnight Moon Base was to start to have kids thinking about these things and to transport themselves to the moon because I believe this podcast here, we're interested in the power of stories, right? And so the power of visualization is a huge reason why stories are powerful. So one of our goals with Goodnight Moonbase, and I'm so happy with the work that Steve did with the illustrations, is to make these scenes so vivid and compelling that kids can truly transport themselves to the moon every night for bedtime. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now, and this is it. This is a podcast, so apologies for the audience that cannot see this, but there will be, of course, linked to to, to see what we're talking about. So we're going to try to be a little bit descriptive here. And when uh, I see like, uh, I don't know who decided about the cover probably together, but Steve, it, the, the cover is, is a kid that is actually on the moon with the, with the window on the planet earth, which is one of those, you know, epic pictures when you see the moon from, I mean, the, the earth from the moon on, on the Apollo mission. So, Tell us about why those kind of imagery, which, by the way, they're gorgeous, and why a bedtime story? Why, why that? You know, this is the, 
the real genius of uh, Brett and his book, his idea uh, to look at uh, the world and Earth from a different perspective. And, um, you know, just a little relationship with him and me. We never did meet in person. Uh, but while we were working, he and I were both pretty innovative thinkers, I believe. And um, uh, I got laid off and he got laid off from the company. And Brett approached me and asked me um, about his, if I would be willing to illustrate his book. And uh, knowing Brett, the, way, the kind of person he is, I said, um, let's do it. The last time I did an illustration was 50 years ago. So we had to see how things turned out and... I'm very glad it uh, is, there, is there a reason why you, you choose that really vivid style? Or, I mean, I see also black and white. You, you, you play a little bit of both. So what, what is the inspiration behind that, the, the choice, the creative choice there? The creative choice is uh, using some bright colors and some complementary colors, like green and opposite red, and just to bring some interest to the picture. Got it. And we did, let me say, we did want this book to be an homage uh, to the original book that a lot of people know called Goodnight Moon, which has actually, uh, it was published over 75 years ago. So there's been many generations of kids and parents and grandparents that have read the book. I've read it to my two kids, son and daughter. We read Goodnight Moon to them every night. And so uh, we wanted to have a, a fitting uh, sequel, so to speak, a futuristic version of that book. And so some of the, most of the illustrations are in a full color and Steve hand painted all of them with watercolor paints, but some of them are also a black and white or monochrome type of uh, illustration, which is similar to the original Goodnight Moon book. It alternates back and forth so that there's contrast and, uh, you know, interest there for kids even kids who are too young to read yet it's a it's an awesome book to be read to them by their parents or older older siblings right right yeah and i'm, I'm wondering how how much or what what's the balance between because i'm looking again at the images here everybody's going to listen to this and have to go look at the images i mean there's <laughs> there's a spot where there's lighting on on a surface and and telescope looking back at earth there's uh there's a scene where there's research being done looks like another one where somebody's maybe it's a classroom um certainly one with the food that you talked about and one with a gym as well uh and i'm so i'm wondering what what's the balance between life on mood base how much of the story is about that and perhaps the journey to and preparing for uh, going to the moon base, is, is there a balance there? Or how much is it? Sure. Well, let me, I'll let Steve add what his thoughts are, but let me say, for those who do want to look at the illustrations, I recommend they go to our website. It's goodnightmoonbase.com slash illustrations, which you can find a link from the main page also. But we do have all the illustrations there on the website. You can see. Tell us a little bit about this story. I'm, I'm presuming there's a lot about life in the moon base. So uh, the story of, I don't know, a child or multiple children or a family. Um, okay. Oh, so right. the base, But also the journey it kind of, because we don't just end up at the moon base, right? So we, we have right. to get there. So how much of it is uh, the journey to that as well? Right. Okay. So yes. And 
so we actually I actually did put some conscious thought into the the narrative or the arc of this book good night moon base and so you'll see the very first image when you open it up is a, a double spread image of the sun the earth and the moon just all by themselves in space and it's a uh, steve did an awesome job with this too with a, just a glowing sun it looks like it's on fire right on the page and uh, the words uh, there's words that accompany it that basically say that uh, the moon is like a child to the earth that moves around us in its orbit in the orbit of earth so hopefully it helps kids bring their own perspective as a you know, parent and child to like the earth and the moon and i also see that as our relationship as we expand as humanity to the moon it will be like our our descendants our child civilization going to the moon but then uh the illustrations basically move from a, that cosmic perspective now to earth and the importance of the moon's relationship to earth from a from a geologic you know a, a cosmic perspective and then the next illustration is actually a child on a space capsule approaching the moon from their perspective so the journey begins right away with that and then the rest of the book is about life on the moon all aspects it's you know sleeping living exercising eating uh, doing experiments and helping each other and also talking back with people on earth as friends back on earth uh, one in fact one important point in the book is that the team on the moon when we have one will be much bigger than who's actually on the moon it will require a lot of people back on earth as well and they'll be just as much a part of a moon base as people on the moon and then the book ends with another scene with a, a cosmic perspective of now it's the child and the mother looking out through the same window and they see earth through the window but they also see a rocket ship taking off to go somewhere else mm, so like it's a base for for other exploration it's like the, the next step there's even you know whatever happens beyond that that's a, another story that could be a sequel to this one but mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, it is meant to encourage children to even think bigger yeah. and beyond what can happen you know, I mean, after so long, and, and we all have, at least if you're old enough or, or if you've seen that, uh, it, it happened the year that I was born. Actually, we landed on the moon, so I didn't watch it live. But, you know, I have a vivid memory and I've seen a million times. It's like that that that, that idea that you, you can do this, right? And now the technology is so much advanced, even more, that we finally go back to the moon. And many people question why are we going back to the moon? And there is a lot of explanations. Some are a little bit sarcastic and political. Some other are because of the resources, other because it's to, to go to the next step, which may be Mars or any other. What is your, your, your view, Steve, on, on this? And why is it important for, for kids to understand this uh, and, and, and be inspired? Because as, as Brett said, we need a lot of people to work on this project. Yeah. I know there's a lot of benefits from space that's transferred down to Earth. But if I could, you know, years ago, I, uh, I watched, uh, I was at a conference where Neil, Neil Armstrong was giving a speech. And what he, he didn't shine the light on himself, but he always, he thanked the many people who made him go to the moon and come back alive. 
And that's what I think we're trying to to be promote that there's more than just astronauts on board, but there's, you know, nurses, engineers, carpenters, and maybe with these kids, with this, through this book too, maybe they can see maybe where their talents are that can maybe fit somewhere in the picture. Maybe not be an astronaut, but maybe transporting fuel, you know, doing something that fits their personality. So it's, Every time that you think, I love what you said because when when you think about other other all the movies that have been made, you know, even the the Apollo thirteen where they had to bring them back with being creative about the solution of a problem. Everything that happened in the movie, most of it happened on at the at the, at the headquarter at NASA, and and I think that that is inspiring to say like, okay, there's three astronauts out there. But there are thousands of people working for it. I think that that's a strong that's a strong message right there. And the ingenuity yeah. of the people on the ground putting some boxes together and, <laughs> exactly. and duct tape. And, you know. <laughs> exactly, Brett. What, what I, is I, your I love thing? that word ingenuity. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let me actually read words from the page that talks exactly about this. Okay. It goes, "It's like a moon village that works as a team." Our team is bigger than it might seem. And then it goes, uh, and then the illustrations there have words that say, good night, friends, back on earth. No matter who or where we are, we all have worth. Oh, so that's beautiful. Yep. Hopefully a positive it. message for kids. I was going to ask you if there are rhymes in this one, Brett, because I know uh, <laughs> in the other one we, we talked about, the, it certainly had some rhymes. Um, any, any others that you think... Um, would capture the attention of our audience. Well, another example, maybe Steve has an example, but one example I'll give. So one thing that I loved about good night moon, the original book, and a lot of people did was that it used uh, descriptive words that, that um, make sounds that would be fun for kids to hear and to repeat. Mm -hmm. So we, we did the same thing in this book, good night moon base. So there's a uh, words that go, Good night to the plants that grow lush. Good night to the airlocks that go shush. And then there's another, some other words that say, good night to moonbase machines that go whir and ding. Good night to all the amazing discoveries our moonbase will bring. So hopefully it's, we aim to have a nice uh, rhythmic, lyrical, almost hypnotic set of words here along with the illustrations so it i love it actually i want to i want to go to steve actually for the illustration um because you can kind of picture something with those words and obviously you help bring that visual uh to bear in, in the work that you did so how did you connect you. those those things together yeah I'm, I'm glad you asked that sean i wanted to go back on that one with the illustration it was, was a real collaboration with brett and um, being an engineer, he kind of, excuse the pun, kept my feet on the ground when I was thinking of bigger ideas. <laughs> At one point, I was thinking, maybe why don't we put a drone in, on the moon? And Brent reminded me there's no atmosphere. So, <laughs> so we, it was yeah. a give and take with uh, working with Brent. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it definitely was collaborative. Steve and I, he added a lot to the, the story. And the, I think the illustrations really do complement the words 
I feel like this is kind of the relationship between me and Sean. You know, Sean is the engineer, uh, you know, mind, and and I, I just like I, I like to get creative with stuff. So, Steve, I totally feel you there. Like, if I were you, I would have put a drone right there. Who cares? Somehow, <laughs> magically, you would have fly. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Uh, and how about rendering those 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 words? You know, because. I love how when Brett was reading this, it did work on the on the on the radio on the audio channel because they 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 do give you that impression of what is happening. Were you able to translate? Were you inspired when you were doing the illustration by this narrative style? Uh, yes. Uh, professionally, I'm also a storyboard artist. So oh, beautiful! Do, uh, oh. Illustrations for movies and uh, so it kind of I could visualize what Brett's words were trying to convey and uh, i love that yeah. you said that because i kind of had that feeling looking at this that they, they especially the one in black and white they do feel like they're a little bit of a storyboard like i'm a, a big fan of disney so i like when they illustrate the first uh, the first idea that i'm like that's already a masterpiece by the way but you know, <laughs> let's bring it to the next level why not yeah steve his early sketches we would you have an idea or a concept for an illustration that that went with the words and he would make a, a sketch of something and those i thought boy i could just put the book you put this in the book right now and it would be beautiful even though it was a, a pencil or pen sketch so maybe maybe there'll be a time later for people to i have shared those on our social media on my social media account sometimes and it was a great journey i did share the journey of this book being made along the way, which, by the way, took just over two years total. So it was a long journey in itself. But uh, so some people did get to see those illustrations in progress. And even as they were partially painted by Steve, those were those were uh, dramatic to see. I'm, I'm thinking my of myself as a kid here uh, reading the book. And the, the first thing I'd want to do, and I, I feel really bad doing it, but I, I'd want to rip the pages out and stick them on my wall, <laughs> so I can look <laughs> look at them all the time. Because I mean, they're they're, they're so they're, they're so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And and each one I can see me looking at and making up my own little story around it. Right. Each little scene. Uh, I'll go back to the food. Right. Growing and I've I've had gardens, so tending tending to the garden and and harvesting a, a carrot that I grew in in space and enjoying that carrot uh, fresh out of the the uh the the planet soil that i that i either grew or made or collected or however it came to be brought up from earth um and i yeah i can just see myself plastering the wall with those images looking at each one and and telling my own little story to myself and uh in basically re-inspiring myself after being inspired by the book Good. Well, I have good news, Sean. We do have plans to make these illustrations available as a, a print that people can purchase. It's I don't have to destroy my book. That's, that's right. No, don't. <laughs> I, I think that's an excellent idea. And, and you know, not to go back to, to, to the Disney uh, world, but, you know, the the original drawn are actually worth more money than, mm. <laughs> than the final one, if you think well, about funny. it. funny. Right? I have a few of those Saracels as well. It's you do? At that point, yeah. There you go. Well, let me... Yeah. Also, add, Marco and Sean, that we really want to encourage kids to to visualize 
this themselves, you know, make their own stories about the future. And so we also published a coloring book edition of the book, Goodnight Moonbase. So they actually can color it with their own colors and scenes and imagination. And then that's a perfect book to tear the pages out and hang their, their artistic creation on the wall or wherever they want. Very cool, very cool. And I, I was reading that, um, that there is a, a, a donation system, like the, at a certain point, I said that the purchase of this book will help humanity establish a peaceful and permanent moon maze in another important and meaningful way. Uh, how do you see the importance of supporting, not, not just you guys that come from the aerospace and they're passionate about it, but do you feel like more people need to be more involved, like even the adult itself, and maybe reading this to the kids is going to educate adults as well. Is that is that the vision, Steve? Yep. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I think it begins when you're young. And um, as far as far as this book, Brent, would you Brent, would you agree that this is a um, a bedtime book for kids to when they can relax before they go to bed before they sleep. And, um, and imagine, and you know, the days are so busy already. And here's a time when they can, parents can read to them. They can relax and imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the story. When I was a kid, maybe eight eight years old, my brother and I used to sleep in the same bed, so we'd uh, fight all the time. <laughs> so my mother, my mother would sit, lie down between us, and would just relate, listen to us relate the, the day, whatever happened, and uh, no judgment and that maybe that's maybe the book can do that too. Just kind of open up imaginations and time to relax and chill out more or less. Yeah. And maybe dream about that because that's the power of a bedtime story, right? Mm -hmm. It comes at the end of the day. It's you go to bed, you look for that in the day after maybe you wake up, you want to do something that you heard during the bedtime story that, that, that just rings some memories there, Steve. It does. Is that how you get inspired to go in aerospace? I was just, I was just lucky, Marco. <laughs> I think, I think we all deserve to be lucky in some way. I think, yeah, yeah. I, and to I, know that I it's think, possible is uh, is important. I think life is so complicated. I think it could be simple. I think why not just lie down, and look at the clouds go by, or yeah, you know, when we were kids, all the things we did, being innovative. I don't know about I'm older than most of all of you, but we used to put uh, baseball cards at the spoke of the bike. Oh yeah. I've so done that. Make that sound or mm -hmm. made our own skateboards. <laughs> I don't know if we have that creativity anymore, but. Uh, hmm. The simple thing. Simple. Brett, yeah. Brett, tell me about again, the choice apart from paying a, a tribute to the good night moon original book, like, are you normally doing bedtime stories or you feel like this time a bedtime story would be more more effective? What, why did you choose that storytelling mode? Well, right. This was this is the first bedtime book I've published. Uh, my other books have a, an interesting way. I started with a young adult book, the How to Be a Rocket Scientist book, which was like a, a career advice and encouragement book for kids. Um, but then I gradually worked my way down in ages 
uh, starting with puzzle and activity books, like we've talked about before, the Smart Cities activity books that I made with uh, Jonathan Reichenthal, who wrote the Smart Cities for Dummies. Um, but I get, what I did eventually was I applied my, my engineering brain, which thinks about root cause analysis and the Pareto effect. And what can, what can you do for 20% of the work that gives you 80% of the effort or the biggest bang for the buck, so to speak. And I thought that if we really want to motivate and inspire kids to, to pursue their dreams and to have big dreams, then the sooner we start, the better. And if we can reinforce that message over and over again, what better thing than a bedtime book that gets read to them every single night when they're young, because then it really, I think, can have a profound impact. So that's why I thought, uh, you know, if we could make a, a bedtime book that transports kids to the moon for bedtime, so that that's the last thing they think of every night as they fall asleep, and maybe the first thing they think about when they wake up, uh, that would that could really change the course of human destiny. That's my my ambitious goal with this book. I support it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I don't know who wants to answer, Brett or Steve, but uh, the age of this book, because you talk about reading it to the children, and I'm I don't know if we still do this in school. I haven't been to school in in a few days now, but uh, I know nap time, and I'm just wondering because one on one, parent to child, or Maybe there's a couple of children in the household. I just see this as maybe before nap time in school being read to, uh, to students to perhaps maybe to relax them before their nap and, and again to inspire them on a broader scale, right? So you reach, reach more students that way or children that way. I don't know. What's the age for the book and do you envision that or have you heard stories of, of teachers using it in that kind uh, of I have, setting? Uh, I'm orig originally from Hawaii. And I have a good friend who has a one and a half year old grand grandchild and they got the book, they showed it to him and uh, he started going through the pages and he loved everything that had wheels on it, whether it was a Rover or something, but that's a year and a half. And uh, I don't think it's too young to start, at least the images even. So I'll also say that we have had people tell us that they've bought the book for their local school or local library. And I'm really encouraged by that. In fact, I do plan this year to launch a campaign to help promote this book to get into libraries and schools. So I encourage people to stay tuned to us on the website, goodnightmoonbase.com. And when I can announce that, uh, we'll make it very visible on the website there. I do think it would be a great book for nap times, uh, school, uh, quiet times, yeah, read, uh, library, you know, often libraries have book reading events. Yeah, and I would imagine, uh, well, teachers and, and people in, in, in the libraries would would enjoy reading it. It sounds like with the rhyming and, and the special words that make sounds and, and things like that. Or it seems like it would capture the attention of, of the uh, people listening, for sure. Well, I'm inspired. And, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's an excellent idea. I, I mean, ideas, and I use the plural because you, you have the color book, you have the book, these ideas to bring it to the school, to, to donate uh, in a way that it promotes uh, education and, and inspire kids. So I, I think it's a, 
is exciting. Um, I'm wondering, do you have an audio book that, that in, in mind that somebody read the story instead of the parents? Or, or you want the parents to read it? Well, I hope all the parents will read it. Uh, we don't have an audio book planned. I think Steve's illustrations are so amazing that uh, really to get the full experience, you really want to have the book in front of you looking at the imagery. So. I know. I agree. And, you know, based on what Steve said, too, and as we as we wrap my last point now, I'm going to bring, you know, one of my memory, which is I I remember and I, to be honest, I have it here in, in the United States. I, I brought it with me when I moved here from Italy, the book that my uh, grandma used to read to me. And it, uh, it was called The Conference of the Animal. And it was all about the animals that get together because they are upset the humans are just making wars and they had to take the initiative to, to bring peace to, to the world. And I didn't know how to read. I was just looking at the pictures. So that goes with what Steve just said, you know, his friend in Hawaii. It's, uh, it's never too early to fall in love with a the, with the book and maybe we'll inspire you to, for who you're going to be for the rest of your life. Beautiful. Can I make a comment that might be yeah. helpful? Yes. Uh, you know, when I first started uh, working in the industry, uh, I had a mentor. I was under the wings of this older gentleman who taught me the ropes of the business. And um, I think, uh, I don't know if you see mentoring much anymore, but I think for, as the children get older, I think it might be a helpful thing to tr you know trans transfer the information over to the younger people. Oh, yeah. Mentoring is really important. And, and I, think it's, uh, I think it's coming back. So... Good point. Good point right there. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, well, certainly a picture says a thousand words, and the words kind of help when you hear it, especially from your parents. I would imagine when you hear those words uh, spoken to you, probably conjures up emotions and feelings, and and if the parent reads it a certain way, probably invigorates uh, and further inspires as well. And uh, yeah, I mean. Super, super cool. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, I keep looking at the pictures, and and uh, I'm gonna have to grab a copy for sure. Yeah, and at this point, I think uh, I think we tease enough about the book to everybody listening, and uh, I think that our excitement and the and the commitment from Steve and Brett into doing this book and uh, and and all they mean with it, uh, it came through, and but it was really gonna come through as as. Uh, as we're getting to is to actually look at this book, get this book, read this book and, uh, and, and share it. Maybe buy one for yourself, buy one for your, uh, your friends and, and your one for the local you know, school for the local school. That's a great idea. Give it to the teacher. I, I love that. So thank you so much for being part of the show today. We will have notes. So even if it's not a, a video uh, podcast, the webcast that we could have show you those images. You can go check them out. The notes for the website will be right in the in the show notes. And uh, well, it's pretty easy. Uh, the website uh, it's goodnightmoonbase.com. I I can even I can even read that. And, uh, so that that must be easy, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> so we're gonna go buy it, right? Absolutely, and that's that's not uh, an empty promise. Actually, I'm gonna do it, and and with that, I want to thank Brett and Steve for sharing their story and their journey about uh, creating this book for everybody. 
Yep, very inspiring. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sean thank you, and Marco. Yeah, Sean Marco. I just want us to remember, think about that we're living in an amazing time in history now, really the future that's ahead of us. We can inspire kids to, to see the future and be a part of it. And there will be a day soon when we will know that there's people living on the moon while we're living here on Earth. And as they, when they look up at the moon, they can be inspired by that. And so just to help that happen sooner and better uh, is why we made Goodnight Moon Base so they can think about it every night and see it from their minds. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society, and some even beyond that.